there's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey everybody, PJ here. So this week, we are revisiting a story that we first looked into two years ago. A lot has changed since we reported the story, which means that, first of all, we've added a whole new chapter to this story. Also, you might notice that a lot of things, a lot of our assumptions about, say, political reality have shifted since the story's broadcast. We are aware of this, too. It doesn't make it any less enjoyable. Please enjoy. All right. So let's say you're the one person in the country with the knowledge that in 24 hours, aliens will invade the Earth. Your only hope of stopping them is warning the president in time. How do you get the president's attention? It was a question that my friend Sam uh, threw out there. It was basically like a thought experiment, like, how would you get in touch with the president? This is Daniel Alacon, and this week's show comes to us by way of his radio show, Radio Ambulante. My friend Sam, I think, went to Harvard. Uh, his entire strategy for to solving the game was to you know, work his way up the administration of Harvard to get to see the president of Harvard, who would then presumably be able to talk to a senator or a, someone in the president's cabinet and maybe the president himself. Um, but, you know, like if you if you don't go to Harvard, how do you do that? If I were to try and like use the connections that I have in the world, I don't think I could do it. Like, I don't think that I know anybody who is influential enough. Yeah, I, I would go to my to my friend Vinny, who is uh de Blasio's cousin. And uh, that, that would be my pretty direct route. I think I think de Blasio can get a, get Barack Obama on the phone. But what if you don't know Vinny? Maybe you panic and decide to take a busload of hostages, screaming out the window. You might get some attention for a minute, but let's face it, a SWAT team would take you out in no time. So how about something quicker, more direct, like Twitter? Daniel is understandably skeptical. And I could tweet, you know, in, you know, from here to the end of time like, at Barack Obama and I wouldn't respond. You know, like I could probably tweet at my House of Rep person and they might not even respond. You know what I mean? Like maybe the mayor of San Francisco. Actually, no, that's not true. I tweeted at the mayor of San Francisco once. Actually, no, I've done it. <laughs> I tweeted at Mayor Ed Lee. I tweeted at um, San Francisco Unified School District because we live across the street from a school and they left their bells on. Over Christmas break, so New Year's Day, like the bells ring at yeah. seven in the morning. I was like, "Fuck you, SFUSD! Like, <laughs> fix that." You know? Did they respond? Hell no, they didn't respond. <laughs> and Daniel says that in the U.S., that's basically how it goes. You know, democracy so often feels like a joke, doesn't it? And you know, maybe if you could get in touch with the president, or if power itself didn't seem so, um, so distant and and you know, like a mirage. Uh, then, then, then maybe it wouldn't feel that way. 
it's hard to imagine a place where there aren't 10, 12 layers between you and the president. Where if you had a problem, big or small, you could just reach out and say, hey man, could you fix this please? But that place exists. And this week, we go there. From Gimlet, this is Reply All, a show about the internet. I'm Alex Goldman. So Daniel told us that in a lot of Latin America, it is strangely easy to get the president's ear, especially through Twitter. Twitter in Latin America and, and presidential Twitter, you know, it's like you, you really get the sense that these people, these presidents, these politicians have their phone in their pocket and they're actually doing it themselves. By way of example, he told us a story from a couple months ago about Argentinian president Cristina Fernandez de Kirchner. The president of Argentina had tweeted this ridiculous, racist uh, statement, basically where she made fun of the way uh, Chinese people speak Spanish. Whoa, um, what, what, what did it say? She was in, in China, basically, beg- begging for money, uh, as people do when they go to China, presidents do. Oh, here it is, here it is. Uh, más de mil asistentes al evento. Serán todos de la cámpula y vinieron solo por el alos y el petróleo. More than a thousand attendees at this event. Did they come just for the lice or the petróleo? So instead of rice, she said lice, and instead of petroleum, she said petroleum. That's what that was her tweet. Ridiculous. Oh man. So obviously people responded and were like, "Yo, are you out of your mind?" And uh, she was like, oh, in these difficult moments, we have to, on Twitter, right? In these difficult moments, we have to laugh and make jokes. I seriously doubt that Christina Fernandez de Kirchner has a social media team helping her craft racist tweets. Daniel says that this is a trait common with many Latin American presidents. Argentina, Peru. One of Daniel's sister-in-law's favorite pastimes is arguing with the former president of Colombia on Twitter. And then there's the shining example. Rafael Correa, the president of Ecuador, Mr. Accessible. According to a survey by a U.S. public relations firm, Correa is the world's second most responsive president on Twitter, behind only Rwanda's Paul Kagame. And not only is he tweeting, but he's on Twitter responding to the concerns of the people of Ecuador. If you look at Correa's Twitter feed, he has this phrase, uh, favor atender, please like attend to this request, basically is what it means. So people will tweet him, hey, you know, like there's a road that's very rutted in my neighborhood and the city won't fix it or whatever. And he'll respond and he'll mention the mayor of that town and then he'll put like, favor atender. Oh, it's like, it's actually, if you look at his replies, it's like almost, it's most of what he says. Like, favor atender. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it, it, like he's super active on Twitter and the majority of what he does is is that sort of like direct responses to citizens. So if you're Ecuadorian, this is kind of cool. You can very easily reach your president online. But there are limits to what you can say online. In 2013, Ecuador's National Assembly passed a controversial law. The communications law came out, and it basically made newspapers liable for things that were said in their comments section. And so in response, a bunch of newspapers just cut that. Yeah, because they were like, we don't want to be held for like, you know, legal, legally liable in this kind of like ever tightening press situation in uh, in Ecuador, for like you know someone insults the president and then we're like responsible. So a bunch of newspapers shut down their comment sections, which should have made Correa's life easier. 
Now there were fewer places for his critics to talk about him. But instead, this created an environment that helped give birth to Correa's greatest online nemesis, a man who so missed the conversations that he had on newspaper websites that he created a new place where people could talk freely, a Facebook group. The man called himself Crudo Ecuador, which is Spanish for raw Ecuador. He existed on the internet purely as a cartoon avatar, this spiky-haired, mischievous-looking kid holding an axe behind his back. And that avatar would appear as kind of like a watermark in these memes that Crudo Ecuador would make. Images plus some snarky text, jokes that took aim at Ecuadorian politicians, bureaucrats, and corruption. And the public ate it up. People started sending him things because they knew that he, he, had, he was a big megaphone, you know, in Ecuador, right? And so he received a photo of a letter, and it was a letter from the, like the, the National Institutes of Health, basically, the, the health system, the national healthcare system. And, and they'd given him a, an appointment for 2020, like February something in, in, in 2020, you know? I mean, even when I think about that, it just cracks me up, you know, because it's so, it's so preposterous. Just to be clear, this is a photo of an actual letter from a healthcare system saying this person had to wait five years for a doctor's appointment. And it was signed, and, uh, and it said, you know, please, uh, please arrive 15 minutes before your appointment. So Crudo posted the letter. He added something like, you know, like, oh, honey, don't worry. I, I've already made my appointment for, you know, 2020. And uh, and has a picture of a man, like, clutching his chest, you know. <laughs> and then below it, a photo of the appointment letter, you know. And uh, it blew up, you know. It was shared, you know, thousands of times. And it eventually reached the ears of the, of the health system. And uh, the next day, the guy got an appointment, like the very next day. Daniel actually spoke to Crudo, and Crudo told him this made him feel really good. All of a sudden, he could spotlight an issue that didn't show up on TV or traditional media. Just because of the communications law. So I could address it in a fan page, and those would go viral or get so big that they go from being background issues to being front page news. It was like he had this rare, valuable superpower. And he did. Because all across Ecuador, Crudo was blowing up. He had hundreds of thousands of followers online. And riding this wave, Crudo decided to take aim at his biggest target, the president himself, Rafael Correa. So what happened is Correa passed a $42 tax on online purchases from abroad as a way to keep people from bypassing the Ecuadorian economy. And then Correa took a trip to Holland. He's walking through a mall, and uh, these Ecuadorian immigrants, immigrants recognize him, and they're like, oh, Mr. President, can we take a picture with you? And he's like, sure. And they take a picture with the president. Um, and in the picture, they post it on their Facebook page, and eventually that, that image got to uh, Crudo. Crudo was ecstatic. I mean, here's Correa, the guy who just passed a tax on foreign goods, getting caught shopping for foreign goods at a mall in a foreign country. The immigrants are like hell of smiley, you know? They're just like thrilled to be in a photo with the president. Uh, Correa looks a little bit less thrilled but, you know, he's, he's being the president. He's got a bag, a shopping bag, in his hand. And to Crudo, this was pretty hypocritical. More or less a double standard, right? That, that is, if I said to you right now, listen, how could you possibly eat foreign food and tomorrow you find me at a McDonald's, then that's my double standard, right? And the, the meme that, uh, that Crudo made 
was essentially just calling out Correa, you know, for, for being a hypocrite. Crudo, seeing a clear opportunity, added some text based on those old MasterCard ads. Oh, here it is. Para los pelucones que compran por internet y afectan la producción nacional, impuesto 42 dólares. Pero que te encuentren de compras en lujoso mall de Europa no tiene precio. So, for the pelucones that buy on the internet and impact the national product, tax, $42. But getting caught at a luxurious mall in Europe shopping, priceless. And again, Crudo's meme blew up. It was shared tens of thousands of times. But what he didn't realize is that he had totally, deeply misjudged Correa's sense of humor. Correa has a weekly TV show called La Sabatina, where he does interviews and addresses the Ecuadorian people, and he brought up Crudo's meme on the show. And at first, Correa sounds affable. He was like, well, we weren't going shopping. We was actually just cold, and we walked into the mall to get out of the cold, you know? Yeah, we just wanted to buy a little gift for a friend of, my, of one of my daughters. You know, and it wasn't a, it wasn't a, a luxurious shopping mall. I mean, it's like, who cares, man? Just ignore it. Like, it's Twitter. You know, you don't have to respond to everybody who critiques you. Plus, you're the president. And then... Correa turns his attention to Crudo himself, and he starts making outlandish claims, like Crudo's a paid operative for Correa's political opposition, and that Crudo used some kind of specialized software to scour the internet for mentions of Correa, and then automatically turned those mentions into mocking memes. He implored his fans to storm Crudo's website and, quote, react to these stupidities and acts of manipulation. And then Correa says this. Let's see if he's so funny once we know his name. You know? He said that on TV. Yeah, 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 Vamos a ver si es tan jocoso. Let's see if he's so funny once he's been outed. Coming up after the break, what it's like to have the ear of the president when you may not exactly want it. With Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot, you can upgrade your home with up to $2,400 off select kitchen packages from top brands like Maytag. Enhance your kitchen with the exclusive Maytag French door refrigerator and fingerprint-resistant stainless steel only at the Home Depot. And with dual power filtration on the Maytag tall tub dishwasher, you can skip soaking and scrubbing. Right now, get Memorial Day savings up to $2,400 off select kitchen packages at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Pricing valid May 16th through June 5th, U.S. only. See store online for details. This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Accenture overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
eBay Motors is here for the ride. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. So, before the break, Rafael Correa, the president of Ecuador, took the extreme step of threatening to publish the identity of Crudo Ecuador on national TV. And the thing is, Correa takes this extreme step a lot. You should watch these videos because they're nuts. I mean, because we're talking about the president of a country uh, saying, you know, like, someone added me, you know, and, and like... It's outrageous, you know, like super offended that someone wrote something wait, mean about the president wait, on so Twitter. Is he he's on uh, television just reading mean tweets that people sent him? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Sigamos, identificamos otro tuitero. Este es arroba Dani And then he's like, you know, reads their avatar name or whatever and then he's like, well, this one and his real name is so and so and he's 18 years old and he lives in Quito. How is he doing that? How did he know people's real identities? Well, we don't we don't really know that. Uh, we don't know how we knew. She's 22 years old. He outs this woman. It's just not a fair fight. It's like, dude, what are you doing? Just let these people be. This is a pretty bald-faced intimidation tactic, right? If you criticize the president online, he'll dox you on television. And what's worse, Correa has a ton of supporters. So inevitably, being named publicly leads to harassment, death threats, all the wonderful mob behavior the internet's famous for. And now, Correa had his sights set on Crudo Ecuador. But in spite of Correa's claims... Crudo wasn't a paid provocateur or some entrenched political operative out to undermine the office of the president. He was just an ordinary guy named Gabriel Gonzalez. And compared to the character he played online, he's actually pretty mild-mannered. He would tweet about, like, drinking on the weekends and stuff, and he told me, he's like, I don't even drink, you know? He would tweet about soccer matches, and he's like, I don't even like soccer, you know? Um, but he was trying to make Crudo Ecuador very much, like, have this mass appeal or to be as if it was the voice of the people, you know? But, you know, in real life, he described himself as kind of a quiet guy, had a desk job, basically, that allowed him a bunch of free time, a job that had him in front of a computer screen online a lot. He knew something about marketing and social media, married, father of two young kids. Suddenly, this dad with an office job had become public enemy number one. And at first, Crudo wasn't worried exactly because he was anonymous. So he's like, I'm fine. You know, everything's fine. He keeps doing his page. Everything's fine. But then they publish uh, his address, his phone number, his ID number, the name of his father, his mother, his kids, their ages, you know, all the stuff that was in the, the civil registry. Uh, they also publish a photo of him. It's a grainy photo taken from a distance with a cell phone. In it, Gabriel is walking through the food court holding a tray of food. And walking next to him is his son. I see that they published my photo and is not one that they've downloaded for my Facebook. When I show my wife, she tells me, hey, that's where we went three days ago, remember? Because you said that we should escape the stress for a little while and go eat something. And I said, sure. 
So there, you'll see that they're following me to take my photo. Gabriel's freaked out, and he decides to leave town with his family, ASAP, until things blow over. So they go to a little town outside of Quito, where a friend of his lives, and they don't tell anybody where they're going. And a few days later, someone rings the doorbell, and it's a, it's a letter for him and some flowers. And the letter says, Con satisfacción tengo que confesar que es para mí un gusto que se encuentre en la querida provincia del Guayas, disfrutando de sus merecidas vacaciones, lo que le traerá un momento de relajación, que significa un paréntesis en su tanto estrés que exigen sus eh, no tan acertadas actividades. Uh, which is a very Baroque sentence. I confess that it gives me great satisfaction and it's a great pleasure to know that you are passing some much-deserved vacations here in the province of Guayas. Uh, which uh, will bring you a moment of relaxation after your uh, not-so-appropriate activities. Oh, my uh, God. Créeme que siempre contará eh, con nuestro interés y atención mientras dure su valentía. That's the part that kills me. Believe us that you will always, um, you can always count on our interest and our attention so long as your bravery lasts. And they mentioned, like, his wife by name, his kids by name. Uh, sincerely, and then they put the logo of Cruz de Ecuador. Oh my God! It's like a, it's like the Godfather or something. It is the God. It's, it's like, like waking up with a horse head in your bed. Well, I mean, it's it, there's just no other way to interpret that except as a threat. Like mientras dure su valentía, as long as your bravery lasts, is it's kind of this this rococo sentence structure, but it's pretty clear what they're saying. Gabriel and his family were exhausted and frightened, and he decided he'd had enough. Within a few hours, he published a photo of the picture and the flowers on, on kind of a black background with white letters, uh, white and yellow letters that said, Mr. President, uh, hashtag you won, usted ganó. And that was the last time he published uh, anything on Cruz de Ecuador. In the wake of the incident with the flowers, Gabriel tried to prompt the government to investigate. He tried to put in a police complaint. You know, he did a bunch of stuff to get people to investigate who had done this. Um, and eventually, uh, one of the ministers, when asked, are you investigating the, the, the threats made on Cruz de Ecuador? He was like, oh, well, we, we, we would like to, but, you know, he's technically still anonymous because he's never said that the names uh, that were published were actually his. So we can't, we can't investigate. Which Crudo was like, all right, bullshit. And he went on TV and was like, hey, I'm Cruz de Ecuador. ¿Quién está detrás de Crudo Ecuador? ¿Quién eres tú? Bueno, mi nombre es Gabriel González, tengo 32 años, me dedico a lo que es diseño multimedia, manejo de redes, pero en realidad no es nada Nothing came of his public plea. Daniel and his staff at Radio Ambulante reached out to the Ecuadorian Ministry of the Interior, but they never heard back. To be clear, there's no proof that the government sent the flowers. Correa says that it was actually his own opponents who sent the flowers to discredit the government. But Gabriel can't imagine that anyone but the government sent them. He says that his life as an online provocateur is over. Daniel's of two minds about what happened to Gabriel. On the one hand, making fun of the president basically ruined Gabriel's life. But on the other hand, this ordinary nobody was able to speak truth to power in a way that Americans never can. And when Daniel put that to Gabriel, that silver lining. He just didn't buy it, you know? He was like, yes, I mean, I suppose, but... It does go both ways, you know, it's like, okay, I can reach out and touch power, you know, but oh shit, power can reach out and touch me. 
And that's when the scale of the imbalance is made you know, perfectly clear to me. All my relatives were frightened, like they didn't want to go out anywhere. I thought I might go to the zoo with my kids that day, but they didn't want to leave for anything. We're all crazy. We're like, where will they be? Where will they be watching us? Crudo Ecuador, Gabriel, sees a dark future for free speech in his country. From his perspective, it turns out that it would be nice to have 10, 12 layers between you and the president. You know, just to keep you safe. Oh, and we tweeted at Correa asking for an interview. And the most amazing thing happened. He didn't reply. After the break, the return of Crudo. Welcome back to the show. Okay, so it has been almost two years since we first reported that story. And we were really curious about what has happened to Crudo since then. So we figured we would talk to somebody who might know, Crudo himself. Hola. Hi. Hi. Gabrielle, this is Alex and PJ. How are you? Fine, thanks. <laughs> Gabrielle talked to us from his home in Quito, and we were super excited to catch up with him. Thank you for doing this. We really appreciate it. Okay, no problem. We also had on the line a friend of the show who is happy to interpret for us. I'm Silvia Viñas. I am an editor at Radio Ambulante, and I was a co-producer for the Spanish version of uh, Crudo's story that we did for Radio Ambulante. So the first thing we wanted to know was just, what were those early weeks like? What did it feel like after Gabriel quit posting? Were you seeing things that you felt like, oh, I have a great idea for a post, but, I, but I'm not posting? Did it feel hard not to comment? Yes, because this, this was my hobby. My, my wife actually um, would encourage me sometimes to post. She would be like, why don't you post something? Because um, the president, he would talk about other people on the internet, like me, they were they were still making fun of the government. And um, in one of his Saturday addresses, he said, oh, they think they're so funny. Let's see if they're still laughing when we do what we did to Crudo Ecuador. Wow. I, I was getting madder and madder because I really wanted to post, but I, but I was still scared. But after months of fear and frustration, something changed. Gabriel was approached by some potential new allies. This group of journalists who had been threatened as well by the government um, came to me and they said that they were starting this website called Cuatro Pelagatos. And so um, about a year ago, I started very slowly because I, I was still scared, um, but I started making some memes for the website. The new memes were a lot like the old ones. There's one from January 2016 where Crudo is making fun of this new position Correa created, the Minister of Good Living. He takes a photo of this new minister and photoshops it onto the movie poster for The Pursuit of Happiness. Crudo makes it so that the little kid who's holding Will Smith's hand is now the minister. And have you gotten any attention from the government since you started 
uh, doing this again? Uh, sí. Yes. So um, after I, I posted my first meme, uh, getting back to, to doing it, I was I was concerned, and so I was watching the Saturday address. But but nothing happened. Pero luego de unos tres cuatro meses. But then, about like three or four months later, um, this news report came out saying that the Pelagatos, which was the team of journalists um, and myself, and other people, uh, that we worked for the CIA. Oh, wow. So um, the first thing I did when I, when I saw this CIA thing is try to see what my followers uh, thought about it and what people would comment on news related to it. And I and I saw that, especially my followers and people in general thought that it was ridiculous. <laughs> and um, since since no one was taking it seriously, I I wasn't concerned. Um, it was just another another way that they were trying to attack me, but it it didn't really work. Alex and I both found this really surprising especially just considering how much power Crea had had a couple of years ago. But Gabrielle said Ecuadorians have just gotten way more skeptical since then. Bueno, en realidad la popularidad que tenía Correa ha bajado un montón. Correa's popularity has has really gone down. Um, before if it was daytime and he said it was night, people would believe him. Um, but now that has changed a lot. Um, in the 10 years when, when he was president, you know, he would have like unwavering support during his Saturday addresses. But uh, recently, for the first time in 10 years, um, people were yelling like, out Correa, out Correa, because of his kind of like politics of hate. So since we're in an election, um, and and his popularity is so low. I thought, okay, it's the perfect time for me to go back to my Twitter and Facebook and, and post my memes there. That election he's talking about won't include Correa. He can't run again because of term limits. And the combination of Correa finally leaving and a brand new election is too much for Gabrielle to resist. And so on December 4th, 2016, he announces that he's relaunching the Crudo Facebook and Twitter accounts. He does this with a video. Alongside footage of people going to voting booths and politicians and women on the beach, he posts his message to Ecuador. Good news for some, bad for others. Raw Ecuador returns. But... Not long after that, this suspicious car shows up on the street. And it stays there. For months, there are always men inside watching. They said they were his neighbor's new security guards, but his neighbor told him they'd never heard of him. And uh, about a month ago, someone on Twitter po uh, posted a photo of my wife and my daughter at 6 a.m. in the morning as she was taking my daughter to school. But yeah, that was just a month, three weeks to a month ago. So apparently, you know, they're, they're still watching me. He's almost done being president. Like, like, why is he still threatening people? Like, at this point, it's not like, it's not like your criticism hurts his ability to do his job. 
Es que él no va a seguir siendo presidente, pero toda la gente que trabajó bajo él sigue en la vicepresidencia. So the thing is, he's not going to be the president anymore, but everyone else who worked for him will still be there. Siguen los mismos asambleístas. The same lawmakers, the same prosecutor, controller, mm. and the the candidate that's running for Correa's party lately has shown, you know, he's he's just doing a very dirty election and so it, it seems like it's more of the same thing. What kind of dirty? There was a lot of hacking of um, candidates' WhatsApp accounts and they so they saw conversations that they have like with their lovers and um, they they posted those. Oh my god. Um, yeah, so so those are the kind of tactics. So there's a good chance there will still be work to do after this election. Yeah, yeah, definitely. The only thing that changes is the head, but the rest of the people are the same. Ecuadorians will pick their new president on April 2nd. The guy Correa is supporting, Lenin Moreno, is facing off against businessman Guillermo Lasso. And just this week, of course, Correa got angry at Guillermo Lasso and blocked him on Twitter. Thanks again to Silvia Viñas. Go check out Radio Ambulante. Their episodes are in Spanish, but there are English translations for all of their shows on their website. Go check it out. That's our show this week. But one quick note before the credits. It's come to our attention that a lot of people don't know we have a weekly newsletter. A weekly newsletter where all the members of our show go out and find things they love on the internet or movies or television, like in life, and recommend them. Apparently it was a big secret. Anyway, if you would like to subscribe, just go to replyall.soy slash newsletter. Okay. Our show is hosted by me, PJ Vote, and Alex Goldman. Our show is produced this week by Tim Howard, Truthy Pimenani, Fia Benin, Chloe Persinos, and Damiano Marchetti. We were edited by Alex Bloomberg. Production assistance from Sylvie Douglas. Our show was mixed by Rick Kwan and by the Reverend John Delore. You can hear a Spanish-language version of this story on Radio Ambulante. Special thanks to Lily Sullivan for translation assistance. Our theme music is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Our ad music is by Bill Buildings. Matt Lieber is a new kind of sandwich you've never seen before. You can find more episodes of the show at iTunes.com slash ReplyAll or at our website, ReplyAll.limo. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in a couple weeks. ReplyAll is produced by Breakmaster Cylinder. Welcome once again to Yes, Yes, No, where... <laughs> where our boss, Alex Bloomberg, finds the most inscrutable stuff on the internet. And... You hear that? All right, so, so I have this tweet. Uh, it's from a person named... Uh, I think PJ is hiding behind the curtain. PJ. Yes, Alex. So what's, what's going on with you? What's, what's, uh, what's new, man? How's it going? It was brilliant. And the slight fiend. Oh, giant and jamble in the way. All Mimsy were the Groves and the Momraths outgrade. Alex Bloomberg, do you understand this? No. Alex Goldman, do you know what PJ means? I'm a solid no on this. PJ.
Uh, I'm ben- taking acid at work every day. We're at yes, yes, yes in a big way. <laughs>